What is up, everybody? Welcome to the first ever Dudes Who Bet Sports. So you want to bet sports, but you need some advice on how to cash in big at a heck of a price. Well, if you want enough money to line your shorts, then you're in the right place. This is Dudes Who Bet Sports. Dudes Who Bet Sports. It's your favorite show. Dudes Who Bet Sports. Where degenerates go. Dudes Who Bet Sports. Time to change your approach with Aaron Holderman and his father, the coach. Let's ride. Well, What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dudes Who Bet Sports Show. We're a little early today with Preakness coverage coming later tonight, but that's all right. We thought we would get this out of the way early, get the sports talk out of the way early. Uh, we saw one of the best weekends, maybe ever, for, for, for sports uh, it, it, when it comes to the playoffs. It, it was pretty incredible, wasn't it? Well, when's the last time you've had five game sevens in hockey and two in basketball? Yeah. Every game that was on, uh, there were two basketball games yesterday, were both game sevens, and they ended up being blowouts, which is weird for game sevens. But that wasn't the case in hockey. Uh, They were just incredible back-to-back-to-back games. Fantastic. Yeah, it was it was unbelievable. Uh, just really, man, the, the hockey games. There were three of them Saturday night. They all three were good, and then overtimes uh, yes. last night. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. tremendous performances. And uh, if you love hockey, which we do, I don't know how you could ever ask for anything any better uh, than what we saw yesterday and Saturday. It was unbelievable. Yep, we're going to definitely talk all about the hockey and all about the NBA as well. Mm-hmm. First question is the uh, uh, Preakness question, and we'll get a few of those, I'm sure, as well. Sure. Uh, Flavian Pratt is suspended. He has a three-day suspension. He will miss uh, the Preakness weekend. My thoughts are probably not that big of a deal. Um, you know, Chad Brown has been targeting his runners for that Churchill Downs day there at, at Kentucky Derby Day. And then he ran a bunch at Belmont as well. So it probably won't have too much of an effect on the Preakness itself. Um, of course, uh, you know, Flavian's main mount for the three-year-olds all year has been Zandon. He's not going to be there. He didn't really have a scheduled mount for the Preakness anyway. So, you know, it'll be sad not having him there. But as far as the betting goes, it's you're not going to miss him much. Right. It's not going to be too big of a deal. Would he probably have gotten a mount, you think? It's definitely, yeah. I think he would have gotten one if if that was available to him or if he had that option, yeah. But it, the bottom line is the main riders have had their mounts for a week or two now, and it's just kind of he would have probably just picked up something. Sure. The biggest thing is the undercard. He may have been on a horse or two on the undercard. It kind of could have give you you know a stronger play, stronger indication of, hey, that horse is really good, Flavian Pratt. Picks up the mount. If you're going to miss one of the three when it comes to Triple Crowns, uh, it's definitely this weekend is what you want to miss. Um, the undercard, while very competitive always, in, and usually have three or four nice horses on it, it's not that major undercard that you get on Kentucky Derby Day or you get on Belmont Park at, at Belmont Saints Day. Yeah. Well, since Sanders not running, I don't think that makes any difference at all then. because he No. He would have been on a horse that probably wasn't going to win anyway. It, it, exactly, yeah. For the Preakness, it doesn't doesn't make a whole lot of difference. You know, a lot of times these jockey expansion, uh, suspensions, they'll exclude 
oddly enough, they'll exclude big days. Like they, yes. it's like, oh, you got seven days, but that, that, oh, that preakness, you can do that. And you'll just yeah. serve an extra day later. So um, not really sure why that's the case with this one. I haven't done a lot of research on it. Um, well, maybe he didn't fight it. Maybe he just said, okay, I'll just take it. And that day's okay with me. Cause sometimes yeah. I think those jockeys try to, you know, if they're like, if Zandon was running, I'll bet you, he would have done something about it. Yeah, probably would have filed an appeal, which which extends it. They yes. they never really win those appeals, but those appeals do uh, are, are in use for if there's a big day coming up and he really yeah. needs to ride. So yeah. yeah, for sure on that. So not a bit, not too big of a deal uh, for sure. I don't think in that regard. But man, he is a he's riding well. He he had a triple a natural hat trick actually Saturday at uh, Belmont, and then had a winner on Sunday as well. So. No surprise there. Mm -hmm. um, Dennis is right. The hockey was 100 times better than the NBA. Maybe yeah. a maybe 100 times better. Yeah, because the NBA games were, were blowouts. And, and um, I thought Boston would beat Milwaukee. I was pretty confident that they would. Yeah. Um, the other one is unexplainable. What Dallas did to Phoenix. Not that they won, because I picked Dallas plus the points. But I thought it'd be a one or two point win for Phoenix, to be honest, or mm -hmm. Dallas either one. Now, if you want to go ahead and start with this, yep. might as well. Yep. Phoenix, what are they going to do? Because they were not good in the playoffs, the mm -hmm. entire playoffs. They were lucky to beat uh, New Orleans that won 36 games in yep. the regular season. And, um, I mean, Dallas is good. They played better against Dallas, but as Chris Paul come to the end of the line, you think? It kind of looked like it. it he did. went downhill in a hurry in these playoffs. He was playing pretty well, and yeah. then all of a sudden he just hit a wall. Yep. Like said, it's it's really unbelievably off. You bet the alternate line of Dallas minus 30, you still cashed this. Yes. I mean, they won by 33. Yeah, this is a, 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 a incredible yeah. um, margin of victory. Uh, the Bucks, that's pretty big margin too. You know, I, I didn't expect it to be like that. But the Bucks finally missed uh, Chris Middleton. They yeah. played a long time without him and got away with it. But they just couldn't. Jonas just couldn't pull him through. He he, he didn't have any help. So there's a few differences that you said. They had that excuse for sure, and that's and it. While it is an excuse, it's a legitimate yeah. one. And they they were at least where they were on the road. You, yeah. you know, definitely. And Boston played great. Yeah, they really. Yeah. Did. They let Boston off the hook in Game Six. That's they when did. they had their chance. Yeah. They did. And yeah. when they lost that game, you kind of had a feeling this would yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah. And Boston's really good. Mm -hmm. And it's not that Dallas isn't because they are. When Luca gets help from other players, they are really underrated. And I give them a good chance in the next round. I really do. Yeah. We'll that in a minute. And uh, Dennis says, yes, Phoenix is weak. And when you get beat by 33, you look weak. Mm -hmm. uh, but let's not forget, they did win three games in this series. This was just a complete blowout, just a disaster. And, you know, who in the world would have ever thought Phoenix would have 27 points at the half? I think Luca had 27 himself. Yep. At the half. Yep. That to me is the most unbelievable statistic. And an NBA team, any NBA team 
that has 27 points at the half. That's unbelievable. To put it in perspective, that's much, much lower than what college teams usually score. That's a bad half for a college team. Yeah, it's it's right. really bad. And and like Dennis says, they did struggle against the yeah. uh, the Pelicans as well. And, you know, I remember when that was happening, like, wow, Pelicans, they're, they're playing really well. And they did. But yeah. a lot of it could have just been Phoenix was just not good in these playoffs. Um, look, if they get beat, I'm not really surprised. But no, I mean, all. they get beat by 33 on your home floor. And really – it was worse than that. I mean, it, they were down. Let's see. I turned it over there once. It was 99 to 55, I think. Yeah. And uh, on your home floor? Yeah. I mean, it's just a complete disaster. And it was a game seven. Yeah. And it's it's almost like they, they didn't show up. And, and how do you explain that? You, it's just, Is it just one of those things that happens? Sometimes it does, but not in this situation. Yeah, I mean, and it's and like you said, Milwaukee didn't exactly play great, but boy, uh, Phoenix kind of get, got them off the hook a little bit. Nobody remembers that Milwaukee got stomped now. Yeah, so. fresh in your mind because it was the last game of the day. Yeah, and yeah. It was such a disaster. And, and, you know, the other thing that's so bad is Phoenix won 64 games in the regular season. Yeah. In a way, I think they won eight more games than the next best team. And to get beat like that, and I think there'll be some coaching questions, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I believe there'll be some roster moves. I think there will. I don't know what Chris Paul's contract is. I, I don't have any idea. But, you know, they've got to make some moves. They, as as Dennis says, they are soft. They need some inside presence. And uh, they got, you know – Booker's as good as it gets, and and that DeAndre Ayton or however you pronounce it is really good. They got yeah. players, but something's wrong. I so. saw a player in the league, and I can't remember who it was. It was just a little clip, and they, he basically they were asking him what happened, and he goes, you know, the thing about the Suns is nobody's afraid of the Suns. No, he's like that. There's nobody in the league that, that there's nobody in the league that fears anybody that plays for the Suns. Yeah. He said that's the difference because Luca is feared in the league. Oh yeah, and and you know you get into that game seven and they had the best player on the floor. He did, and like you said, when he gets help from the other people on the team, they all of a sudden become really tough to beat. I think I read where they shot fifty-seven percent. That always helps. Yeah, and you're going to win a lot of games when you do that. Yeah, he is a great, great player, and they are a good team. I mean, they played great after Christmas. They were under 500 there for a while, and, man, they got to roll them. Yeah. And, and that is a good – you know, they really – when you get right down to it, Booker is solid, but he's not a superstar. Yeah. He's not. Yeah. He's not. And a lot of people try to make him in the media, especially last year, tried to make him a superstar. And he'd watch him, and you're like, yeah, he's a really good player. Yeah. But he, he's not Durant. He's not no. Luka. He's not, you know, go on down LeBron when he was, you know – yeah. himself and on down the line he's not that type of guy he's not um, everybody in the league would like to have him yeah he's not curry you know and oh. so yeah that's kind of where where that where that falls yeah. and uh you don't just go out and get a superstar so no. you no. know and you know i never had watched john as much until last year and i kind of thought he was lazy he's not he is a heck of a ball player yeah uh, the problem is Boston plays a lot better defense than they're given credit for. 
and they shut the rest of those guys down. Because Jonas, what did I read? The first player in history to have average or score 200 points, have 100 rebounds, and I can't remember how many assists in a series. Wow. I mean, that's he was unbelievable. But it, it just shows you they just didn't have much to go with no. him. And, no. and Dallas did with Luka, and that's why Dallas is moving on, and then that's why the Buck could not beat the Celtics. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to what we might see here or what we're going to see. No might about it. We're going to see it. A rare day off today. Nothing going on with the NBA or the NHL, but that's all right. We reset. We start tomorrow. The Eastern Conference Finals, the Celtics and the Heat will kick it off. Miami does have the home court advantage in this series. You've been high on Miami since what? November, December. I mean, you've been talking about them. Mm -hmm. I I doubt you're going to sway away from the Heat in this series, right? No, uh, but I do think that seventh game might be ne- necessary. I think this is really going to be good. I think uh, you might want to look at the unders on the point totals. I think these are the two best defensive teams in the East. I know the Heat are, yeah. and Boston can, is good too. The thing with the Heat, we were just talking about it, they don't have a superstar. They really don't. Now, Jimmy Butler is extremely good, and he's capable of having big-time games, but there's other times you can stop him. The thing I like about the Heat, physical, play great defense, can shut you down, and they played all year through injuries, and they kept winning. And and, and so I really like that about them. You know, they would go beat people on the road when Jimmy Butler didn't play. Yeah, He had a lot of guys out. One or two times, they had two or three guys out, and they won. So they're tough. Nothing's going to bother them. I think they're extremely well coached, and I think they're going to be tough. Now, Boston, I think, is well coached too. And that dead gum Tatum. Yeah, he's playing great. Dud. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's really good. And Jalen Brown is good too. Uh, Marcus Smart is taking a lot of heat because they, everybody thinks he's faking – Chargers or whatever, you know, and they think yeah. he's a good actor. Well, keep doing it until somebody stops you. You know, he's a damn good player, too. So this is going to be a good, a great series. I could see maybe every team winning on the – you win all your games at home, and it comes down to that seventh game. It's possible. Yeah, I, I, I agree. These two teams are the toughest two teams left. Yeah. They're not the flashiest, but they're definitely the toughest. Of the two, Dennis makes the point of it's a good point to bet the unders until they get so low that you have to take the overs. The total right now is 204 for this game. I would go under. Okay, so that would be 102 to 102. Just kind of like that. Well, you got to look at that and think, okay, is the loser going to get to 100? That's, you know, if you think Mm -hmm. they're not, let's say you think Miami's going to win and you think Boston might just get to 95, and you think the game's going to be close, then it would have to be 110 to 95 for you not to get it. Yeah. So that 204 is, yeah, the under is definitely doable in that. And uh, Dennis is right. If the unders start hitting – they'll change this because they don't want you betting the unders and winning. Yeah. They're going to adjust that, adjust that according to how this, how this series kind of flows. So that'll be interesting to see. Yeah. The other way, you know, you look, Miami's only a point and a half. So if you like either team, you just 
if you want to bet them to yeah. with that spread, you're okay. Yeah. And I could see Boston coming in and, and stealing game one. That would be, you know, I haven't sat down and picked it yet. haven't analyzed it. I may go with Boston in this one because the Heat have been sitting around a little bit. Yeah. Sometimes when you sit around a little bit and you watch, you lose a little bit of your edge. And that's when the visiting team can come in and steal one. So that's something to think about. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with you on that one. They, they might steal game one. And I think it's going to go seven. I do think the Heat are going to get it done, too. Uh, I just think it's it's going to be a really rough series. It's, oh, it's, it's going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be tough. Now, you may not want to bet the under on this series, and that's the <laughs> Mavericks and Golden State. I think everybody was kind of rooting when this thing started for the Suns and the Warriors. But as mm. it's progressed, I think the Mavericks and the Warriors uh, are going to be a, a great series and the best series. Uh, that we could possibly have here between the the two teams here in the West. Listen, the Mavericks eliminate the Suns. It was pretty easy, it's, in some regards, at least the finish. Uh, that you know they that did was get game was easy. <laughs> did get, well, the sixth game wasn't too hard either. But so that sticks in your mind. But now they got a totally different challenge here yeah. with the Warriors. What? Who do you like in this series? Well, I tell you, this is going to be good too. Um, Dallas is hard to beat in Dallas. They mm -hmm. play extremely well. And Golden State's been vulnerable on the road. But they're almost a cinch in San Francisco, too. So this is going to be a dandy series. I think Golden State's tougher than Phoenix. I, I really do. And they're proven. But the thing with them is, if they're not shooting well, you can beat them. They don't really have another alternative. If they're not hitting that three-point shot, and there's a ton of them, they're going to be missing for you to beat them. But there's a game that sticks in my mind that I'm having a hard time getting out of it, and that was Memphis killing them in game, whatever that was, five. Mm -hmm. I can't get that out of my mind. I know they came back, and they played very, very well in game six, which is a credit to them. But any team that can play like that is – capable of losing i'm probably going to go with golden state uh because of the home court advantage and the fact they're more experienced but i tell you this is one that could we could see an upset in this one yeah boy i i don't know i i i've went back and forth on this one i'm going to pick golden state as well I don't know. I think it's going to be really, really interesting. I think this is going to get tight. I think it's another one that's got a shot to go seven. Mm -hmm. um, boy, it's the I big know. deal here. Big difference. I think, you know, Curry, Clay Thompson, mm -hmm. they're not exactly what you would call tough guys, right? But they have that toughness factor with their other players. Well, that's where the Suns don't. Right. And, and those guys, they may not be tough physically. But they're mentally tough, you know. Yes, Curry yeah. and Thompson are mentally yeah. tough, and then you add Jordan Poole to the mix, and Andrew Wiggins is pretty good, and you got Green in there to bang people around. Phoenix didn't have Draymond Green, mm -hmm. so you're absolutely right. I they are a little tougher than Phoenix. They smell it, I think. They've yeah. been out of it a couple of years. And, and these guys, you know what? These guys are getting a little bit old. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how long Curry's been around. It doesn't seem like it, but man, time flies. I think I read somewhere he's played 10 years, maybe now, maybe even more. Mm -hmm. 
and I would never guess that, you know, because time goes by so fast. And Clay Thompson's got a lot of wear and tear on him. They smell it. They know this is their opportunity. They probably, this is my opinion, I bet you they were rooting for the Suns against the Mavericks because I think they feel like they could beat the Suns because here's the deal. The Suns don't have Luka. And you're going to have to account for him. Yep. Who's going to stop him? Who's going to stop him? I guess they'll put green on him. I guess that's what they'll do. Yep. And uh, I don't know. That's a, that's going to be a tough matchup. So uh, Clay Thompson over under three and a half three pointers in game one. What do you think? I would go over. I would too. Yeah. Because I think, especially if you think Golden State's going to win. Mm-hmm. He'll make more than three and a half. I think he'll have to if yeah. they're going to win. The key to the Mavericks is how well will their other players play? If they play well, Luca's going to get his. And another key is, uh, and this, I, I don't, when you get to the, this far, I think coaching means something. And is Steve Kerr going to be able to make it? Is he going to coach? Yeah. Yeah, I, he's rejoined the team. I think I think he will. He probably um, will. Yeah. Uh, but he makes a difference. He's one of those guys that's very calm, yeah. been through it. And even though these NBA players are kind of jerks, they respect certain coaches. And yeah. I think he's one that's won enough games that they'll listen to what he is. Not to say that the other guy, I, I think he's fine too. Yeah. But he's not the head coach. Right. And I think uh, that's a big, big thing to look for. Um, it's really four teams left here that are, none of them would really surprise me if they ended up winning the whole thing. No. Um, and I, that's usually not the case in the NBA, but it is this year. I think yep. ultimately who is going to win this? I'm going to go with the Warriors. I think they're going to get it done. What about you? I would rank them Golden State one, Miami two, Boston three, Dallas four. That's why I would rank them. That's where yeah. I would rank them. I might flip the Celtics and the and that Mavericks. Other than that, yeah, yeah, that's possible too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do think that the you know the thing about the West, they're a little more finesse than the East, mm-hmm. and sometimes finesse doesn't win when it gets to the finals. Phoenix yep. found that out last year, but the Warriors are a little different cat. You know, they're just different. Yes, they score a lot of points. Yes, they're offensive, but they'll also knock the crap out of you, too. Yep. You know, they're just more physical than Phoenix is. Yep. And I, I could prove the difference, uh, not only in this series, but the last one as well, if they get that far. So, well, um, yeah, they were the three seed mm-hmm. and they got a break when the one and two's gone. No question. No they question. took care of the two. And then Phoenix lost, so that gives gives them the home court. And yeah. I think that's essential, especially in basketball. I think the home court in basketball means a ton. Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah. There's no doubt. Uh, well, as Bree points out, uh, the bet of the day at, at uh, racingdudes.com came at Will Rogers in the first race. They were walking around the gate. I, I had the sound off. I don't really know what happened. They went off about 15 minutes late, but – the pick of the day wins, uh, pays 360 to win, easy win by about five. So congratulations. Who was, huh? was the horse? I was going to say congratulations to Monet's Devil. Monet's, Monet's Devil 
wins the race. Uh, let's see who wrote who wrote Monet's Devil. Uh, Curtis Kimes, of course. Curtis Kimes, okay. the winner of the first. So uh, one for one to start. Will Rogers. Must have been easy because Dennis says he thinks I could have rode that horse. That is absolutely wrong. As kind of cockeyed as that horse was down the stretch, Papa Dude may have been on him <laughs> and was still doing the show. I mean, I was like, wow, just straight that horse up. He's going to win by 12. So, um, yeah, uh, the, the one in race two, that's who we're rooting for next. Ultra special, the one horse in the second. So. Do they have uh, fields with more than five horses in them today? They do, yeah. It's not too bad of a car okay. today. All right, let's move on, uh, uh, and let's see. Where did that go? Sydney said some heavy sweating yesterday, and she's talking well, about the hockey. My goodness. So, Cindy, who were you? I'm assuming you were sweating out the Calgary game. Yes. This, that's what I'm going to guess. Yeah, these were two fantastic, fantastic hockey games. Sunday night, or Sunday, yeah, Sunday night. Uh, the Rangers and the and uh, the Flames both win in overtime in Game Sevens. Uh, the Rangers had to tie this thing up midway slash late through the third period to get the job done to finally put away the Penguins. And then the Flames were down two to one. They did tie the game up though in the second period. Boy, it went on. It went on. They kept getting shot after shot. Ottinger kept making all the saves in the world. Finally, they get one. Johnny Hockey, Johnny Gaudreau puts it in, and let me tell you something. That was a beautiful goal <laughs> from a tough angle. He put it. You just couldn't stop it. It was unbelievable. No. Uh, and yeah, Steve says, let's go Rangers. That was a great game yesterday as well. Oh, it was. And uh, the Flames, let's talk about them first. We talked a million times on here about hockey is so unpredictable because of what a goalie can do. And and when you look at the offensive statistics in this series, it's not even close. Calgary was so much better than Dallas. Uh, Calgary had 285 shots, <laughs> and Dallas had 192. Yeah, so they had 93 more. 93 more shots. It's unreal. Well, they yeah. had they had like 45 more shots yesterday. Yes, they had 67 in the game yesterday. I did like 67 to 28 or something. Yeah, 67 to 28. It was, like, it was like 40 to 11 at one time in regulation or 40 yeah. to 12. Yeah. And, and it was that way almost every game. And this, this, this kid in goal, which is absolutely unbelievable. But mm -hmm. when you're, when you can't get any offense on the other end, and there was a time I was watching there in the in the in the second period, and I think Dallas was uh, still ahead two to one. They had the they had the puck down in the Calgary zone for about thirty seconds, mm -hmm. and the other seven minutes, it was under control for Calgary. And you just you cannot keep stopping every shot. No, no, you just can't. And they just couldn't get any offense going, and uh, finally. I had in the parlay because you had to I, for the parlay yesterday. You had to pick an upset. Yeah, or you didn't make any money. Yeah, I had Dallas to win. Just bet the money line. Yeah, and it would have paid like eighty bucks. The three team parlay, and I got the other two. But secretly, I'm glad Calgary won because yeah. they're much better. They're much better. It'll make for some great hockey between them and Edmonton. 
coming up. Well, yeah, it sets up that matchup, which I think everybody wanted. But the main thing is what you're saying. They were the best team oh, easily. And if the Stars – and Dennis is right. Dennis bet the Stars in overtime plus 155, and I don't blame him. It kind of oh. just felt like the game they were going to steal. But yep. they couldn't do anything. They could not get a decent shot. And no. it was just it was no. tough. It was tough. If you bet the Stars, it's tough. Yeah. And the thing with the Flames – they're not a bad offensive team. No. And they held, this kid held them to nothing. Yep. You know, I think they scored 15 goals yep. in seven games. And Dallas only scored 14. So every one of these games was just alike. Mm -hmm. He was just stoning them. And, and even though the Calgary goalie didn't face a lot of shots, he was just about as good. Yeah. No, he, he got, you know, kind of sidelined there because we're, talking about the Calgary goal is so much and we should should be. It was he was unbelievable. Yeah, he was. He but was. the best team won and and I, I for the I didn't really care one way or the other to be honest. But for the playoff rounds going forward, I'm glad they won. Yeah, now that you watch them, for sure. For sure. Well, like I said, no games tonight, so a rare day off. But mm -hmm. we do have uh games starting back up on Tuesday. And I, I brought this up because before we talk about the Lightning Panthers, let's talk about the Lightning Toronto. I thought that was uh, – well, I mean, the overtime games were great. But as far as the two best teams that played over the weekend, it was Toronto and, oh, and Tampa so. Bay. It right. was a game – I mean, it was just unbelievable. It's unbelievable that game was 2-1, to one, as, as many great players and great chances in that game. Toronto loses again. I'm sure everybody there is freaking out. I'm here to tell you, I, I don't know what they could have done. Well, I, I, I answered a, a tweet from Cindy, and, and I, knew, I knew what she meant. But, yeah, yeah I, I don't remember. I know, I know last year they should have won. They should have got. Last and, year was on them 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's been a couple of those yeah. that they've had. They've blown three to one leads, I think. Uh, series leads and lost. Yep. And so there have been some bad ones. And unfortunately for the players and the coaches on this particular team, I don't care how you look at it, this was not a bad loss. No. These two teams should never have been playing each other in the first round. Yeah. It's just the luck for the, of the draw for Tampa. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Toronto. Uh, it, it just was a tough break. And the other thing is, too, I don't care who you played in the East. You were going to have a hard time winning. Yeah. That was not a soft team at This all. was the worst. This was the worst draw was the worst. could have. Yeah. <laughs> and I we, mean, I and I mean no disrespect to the Rangers or the, or the Penguins oh, no. or no. Uh, Capitals or, you know, any of these other teams. Uh, this was the worst. I would rather play Florida than Tampa. Oh, a thousand times. And oh, the worst thing about it is you get into a seventh game and oh. you look over on the other side of that ice and they've got all that all that experience and they've got the goalie, Valeski. Yeah. And you know, you just knew he was going to play well. Yeah, and you know, he hadn't been just like no, great he, in this series. Listen to these stats. I, I look some of this stuff up. Yeah. Uh, let's see, got to find it here. Going, uh, his, his goals against average was 3.04 for, yeah. for this series yep. and part of that we got to understand is part of this is because toronto's so damn good that's the thing these two teams may have been the two best teams in the east and they played in the first yeah. round yeah so he gives up three goals a game against that team yeah that's good yeah. 
Yeah. And and but and his his uh, save percentage was really really down for him. It was eighty nine point seven percent. That's not real good. No. But going into a game seven with him on the other end, yeah, you better have, you, you you're gonna have to shut out the other team to win. I and, just yeah, I, I knew going into that game, I didn't care what he had done. He was no. going to be really tough. He's a, he's the best goalie, money goalie yes. in the playoffs. Well, he's so steady. You yeah, don't have is. to worry about him just like going haywire on you. No. And, and you know, I, I feel bad for Toronto. I like Toronto. Mm-hmm. And I was telling Sandy, we watched all of it. And I said, God, this is a shame. One of these teams is going out. Yeah because they're both really, really good. And I know Toronto's going crazy and I don't know what the can- contract situations are. I, I don't follow that that close. Yeah. If they break up the team, I think they're making a mistake. I think they're making a huge mistake. You know, and, and their goalie gets a little blame. I thought he played pretty well. You know, he's not great. He, he definitely, he certainly didn't cost them the series. No. No, they just got beat by a hell of a hockey team. And let's not forget, this team has won the Stanley Cup two years in a row. Yeah. And I'm picking them against Florida. Yep. Because, and I may be wrong, I'm just going on the fact of experience. That's all I'm going with. They know how to win. They ain't going to be afraid of Florida. Well, and to pivot to that now, um, I'm listen. I, I got every one of them in the right in the first round, first it, time it, ever. No, and, I, I picked I, I with this series, the Toronto Tampa yeah. Bay. I just predicted it would go seven, yeah. so that was a coward's way out. Because well, you anyway. also picked Minnesota to beat St. Louis. Not, yeah, not I missed. Really that. I yeah. did miss that one. So, and, but go ahead. But to to that point, hey, here we are. I'm not changing anything. I'm picking Tampa. I picked them before this before this thing started. I'm picking them here. There's really listen. Florida did not play great. They were tough though. They came back and yeah. they didn't play their best. And they did beat the Capitals. They had to come back multiple games to do it. Um, I still just think the experience edge goes to the Lightning. And I think when it gets tight, give me Valeski. I think so too. And uh, I was impressed with Florida because they easily could have choked that thing away. Yeah. They were beat in what was that game Game uh, four, I believe. They were down two games to one and behind three to nothing mm-hmm. on, the, uh, on the road. No, that was at home. That was at home. That would have been game five. Game five is when they fell behind, yeah. Three yeah, because they came back and tied game four. They also were behind in game six. On the yes, road. they were. They yeah. were. So they were behind in game four and six mm-hmm. on the road. And then uh, it was the series was 2-2 for game five, and they're down three to nothing in their building. Yep. And that place was – you could have heard, heard a pin drop yep. in there. And um, they rallied, scored the final five goals. And you got to give Washington a lot of credit because they're another one of those teams, man. They get after you. Yep. They get after you. And so uh, – to, here's here's what you got to ask yourself: Does Florida think they can beat Tampa? That's that's the big question. The answer is going to be no, especially when Tampa wins the first game on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here to tell you, you know, Tampa's winning one of those first two. Yeah. I I would almost bet my life Tampa's coming coming home at least one one. Yeah, the only negative I I can see on that. Oh, you said one of the first two. Yeah. I can see him a little bit maybe struggling in the first one. 
because they just played yesterday mm-hmm. and they got turned right around and go again Tuesday. The, the NHL didn't do them any favors. They could have given them another <laughs> another day. Yeah. But one of those teams that played yesterday had to play uh, tomorrow. So it probably won't bother them a bit. But, you know, it, it they could be a little – Little tired because they got to travel too from Toronto to get get down here, and they yeah. wouldn't have gotten home till middle of the night, or they may have stayed in Toronto last night. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would say uh, the fact that they don't have to travel much within the series is why they made them play instead that's, of one of the. That's probably ones. right. Uh, who's who's jersey you got on? Russ wants to know. It's a plain one. I've got the other one still. I don't want to take that one down. <laughs> well, it doesn't have any any player name. The thing with hockey jerseys is you get the name on there and then they trade them. Yeah. And you got a jersey that you don't really want to wear unless it's Tarasenko, which I thought we jinxed and I thought they were going to trade him before the season ever started. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this one doesn't have anything on the back. Yeah. Sydney got them all right, too. Yeah, you didn't get the number of games. You had the Rangers in a sweep, I think, and that was close to not being a sweep. She had Calgary up there pretty good, too. I think well, that's a prize for a bunch. I had them in six because I did think Dallas – you know, Dallas is one of those teams that are kind of tough to beat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they definitely are. They're, they're, they're very, very, very tough. All right, now let's move on to our series, the Blues and the Avalanche, and the nightmare matchup for the Blues is here. We have really struggled against the Avalanche, and it looks like Vegas agrees. We Colorado minus 220 uh, tomorrow night. I've got the Avalanche winning the series. I think the Blues, I like their chances a little better than I did before the playoffs started, but I still think Colorado is going to get this done. What, what do you think of this series? Same thing. I I think if the back line of the Blues plays like they did, especially in game six, mm-hmm. and Bennington plays well, I think they can go toe-to-toe with them. Because yeah. I think we can match them scoring. I, I'm not worried about that. But can we stop them? Yeah. When you look at their scoring through the regular season, these two teams are identical. They really don't have a guy that scores a bunch of goals, neither one of them. Yeah, but they got a bunch of guys to score. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense, the Blues have, and again, we've talked about this. But and if you don't follow hockey, you know you don't really understand some of it, which is fine. The Blues have nine guys that scored over twenty goals. That's incredible. And when you get in a playoff series and you got that many guys that can score, you can't shut them all down. Mm-hmm. And 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 that makes you a threat in the playoffs because if you only got one line that can score, they're going to take those guys out and they will stop them. And the rest of your team's got to step up and score. If you don't have anybody, you're going to get beat. Ask Minnesota. That's right. That's why they're out. And the avalanche are the same way. The avalanche had seven players that scored 22 or more goals. Yeah. So you got two teams, how you, you got so many guys out there that can put the puck in the net. And that makes the Blues dangerous if they get goaltending. The other thing I like in this series, I don't think the Dallas or the uh, Colorado goalie is a shutdown type of goalie. Yep. He'll play okay, but a team like the Blues are going to score unless they just choke. Or, and they, here's the other thing that worries me. 
they got to stay out of the penalty box. They got to. They can't get penalties against this team. And Colorado's got to stay out of the penalty box too because the Blues power play is lethal. Yep. And again, the reason it's lethal is they can roll two or three lines out through there, and all of those lines have guys that can put the puck in the net. Yep. So I think the Blues have a chance, and I wouldn't have said that before the playoffs started because I didn't think they beat Minnesota because I didn't think they get the consistent goaltending. There is no reason for Bennington not to play well. I think he's I think he's got it back. Yep. Of course, you know, it's 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 sports. You can lose it just yeah. as quick as you get it. But listen to these stats. I'm sure you know them. 1.67 goals against. Mm-hmm. He was three point. You know what? He was actually a little better than you. No, no, he was 3.13 during the regular season. Yeah. It's horrible. Horrible. <laughs> uh 94% save percentage. Yeah. Nine, he was actually better than I thought in the regular season. He was 90%. Yeah. Let's look at game six. Minnesota dominated the first period. Yep. Totally dominated. We could have been behind two to nothing. Yep. He made saves, big-time saves to keep that thing 0-0. Zero, zero. And the Blues scored with about five minutes left in the period. So they go into the locker room. I had one to nothing instead of being down maybe three to nothing. Yep. That's what a goalie does. And that's what he's going to have to do because Colorado's going to bring it. And we're just going to have to be able to stop him. The key to the whole thing, to me, you, you talked about teams sitting around versus teams that have been playing. This is the definition, right? The Avalanche have been sitting around and waiting. The Blues are in form. The Blues could steal game one. They could, and they're good enough to do it. And they play well on the road, but they don't play well in Colorado. That's the problem. So here, that's the problem. They do. Yeah. They play fantastic on the road. Yeah. If you watch Game Five in Minnesota, picture perfect how to play road playoff hockey. The Blues yep. do it. Yep. Get ahead. Hold on. Except for this building. Yeah, they don't. They don't. They are horrible in this building. They are. So the, the key is. And the Blues have never in their history of their franchise have been able to do this. But the key for the Blues, they have to win all three of their home games in this season. Yes, they do. They have to do it. They no. cannot lose at home. No. Because asking the Blues to win more than one in Colorado is going to be a tough ask. Asking any team to yeah. win more than one in Colorado. You're absolutely right. Yep. You might get lucky and steal one. Because what, they went two in Minnesota? Mm-hmm. They won game they one lost. and game five in Minnesota. That's right, because they lost game three in yeah. St. Louis. When they won the Stanley Cup, they had a better record on the road than they did yeah. at, at home. You, you can't get away with it against Colorado. You have to win at home. You do. And, 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 and uh, yeah, you're, you're right. They were so good on the road. Now, that, that they are much, this team is much better at home than Blues teams have been. Yeah, that's one thing. They were really good at home this year. And I think it's because they can score. Mm-hmm. They don't lose two to one, you know. Right. You got to score goals to beat them. And if they don't go into slump and if they don't, I don't think they're going to choke. There's too many veterans on this team to choke that have been through a Stanley Cup run. Yeah. And the other good news is they eliminated Minnesota and they didn't get anything out of Thomas. 
No. He was so good in the regular season. He didn't play well. And Bouchavis was shut down. I thought he played good, but he didn't score. And let's not forget number 48 has come out of nowhere. And he solidified the back line. Yep. Perunovic, Mm -hmm. he was hurt. And he was fabulous when they had to put him in the lineup. I thought. I thought he was great. So that back line's a little bit better now, unless he's a flash in the pan. So I'm optimistic. Uh, but when we come on here next week at this time, you know, we might not be. Because, unfortunately, this is, again, these are the two best teams in the West playing in the second round. Well, and the problem for the Blues, they just do not match up. No, and it's this isn't a recent problem. It's been two or three years, four years even now. They don't match up against the Avalanche, and yeah. they have no history whatsoever of being able to play with the Avalanche in the playoffs. They always I think compete. this is the third playoff round with them, and they they haven't even competed. Really. They won, they've won once. Yeah, yeah, they're one and eight versus the Avalanche yeah. in the playoffs. Years, they were pretty damn good, and only won once. It was in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. Yeah. And the Avalanche dominated. Last year uh, was the other year, and that was just well horrifically we, bad. Yeah, we weren't very good last year. Yeah. So. Jason says Avalanche in five. Listen, I've got them in six. Um, Me too. I do too. I, I, I don't have any visions of us, you know, winning. Um, yes. But I think we have a better shot than we did. Because the goaltending situation, at least for today, as we sit here, has kind of worked itself out. So, Yeah, at this, at this point. And yeah. the other thing that's we're huge Blues fans, so we know them as well as anybody. We've never yeah. had a team that can score like this that I can remember. Well, I mean, the good news for for Blues fans like us, I I truly believe if Bennington keeps playing well, that this team is better than the team that won the Stanley Cup. No, there's no question. And I think yeah. they they kind of they they kind of got that oh swagger back. I hate that word, but kind of back where they. They're, they're, they're playing with confidence again. Mm-hmm. Um, played well down the stretch. I would literally pick the Blues to beat anybody but the Avalanche. I, I'm pretty much there. Anywhere, anybody in the West. I mean, I, yeah, if, if they play, if, if, if the, you know, now for this goes for Colorado too, Calgary or, uh, you know, Edmonton or if they were in Dallas or what, LA, whoever would have won those, if not for mm-hmm. those two teams, I would have no fear of this round. Mm-hmm. I would think this round would be easier than the round we just went through, but. It's yeah. it's not the case. Well, so. it's just hockey has got to they've got to change this playoff format a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think, I just think they need to. If you're going to have eight teams from each conference, okay, have the number one seed play the eighth best record. Mm-hmm. And if they're in the same conference, fine. They have two play seven, three play six, and four play five. That's not what they do. Well, that's what they used to do, but not anymore, no. And they need to go back to it. It's, mm-hmm. If they had done that, Tampa and Toronto would not have played yeah. in the first round. Anyway, I guess it's going pretty good. They got five game sevens in the first round. So I was going to say, the quality of the product's good, and you know what? You got to beat them eventually anyway. You really do. You so- really do. In my opinion, and I know everybody looks at that differently maybe than I do, but, hey, you got to beat them anyway. I don't care. If I'm not winning the Stanley Cup or getting to the finals, I don't really care, right, if we get out in the first round or the third round. 
it's kind of exciting to keep playing. You know? I guess, but it, the, the bottom line is you're going to have to beat them anyway. So Yeah, and you just will not bitch about it because it's the way it is. That's right, yeah. That and it, right. like you say, if you do beat them in this round, you got them out of the way. One tip I'll give uh, people, and Dennis has got it kind of pegged here. He says, you know, he's going to bet Colorado minus one and a half. So it gets plus 110 if he bets a minus one and a half. If you bet him straight up, it's minus 220. If you're going to bet Colorado in this series, I would – do what Dennis is doing. Oh yeah. Take, because Colorado, you know, if you look back at the, when the blues fit match up against Colorado, Colorado, if they beat us, it's usually pretty bad. Well, and, and also let's say it's a one goal game down the stretch mm -hmm. and the blues pull their goalie. I guarantee Colorado's going to score. Colorado will score. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So really, if you're betting that it, you're, you're only going to get beat if it's overtime. But as Dennis says, you can bet tied at the end of regulation of plus 350. Well, then you kind of cover yourself. So that's not a bad thing to do. No, you're not going to make any money betting Colorado. They're going to be too favored. You can't yeah. bet the money line on them. You just can't. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Uh, it really, and, Again, I'm not meaning this is disrespectful, but this feels like the lesser of the two series that yeah, left. I agree. Um, the Rangers and the Hurricanes, they both survived game fives. Like I said, Rangers did it in overtime. Hurricanes beat Boston three to two. I mean, sorry, game sevens, I should have said. And, and uh, Hurricanes beat Boston three to two um, in a game that the score was closer than the game. I never really thought the Hurricanes were going to lose. Now the Rangers have to go to Carolina. I really like Carolina in this series. What about you? Oh, I do too. Uh, they're almost unbeatable at home. That's the thing. And they got the home eyes. Uh, I was very impressed with the Rangers and how they came back. Yep. I didn't think they played that well in the series. Now, when you look at the key, the goaltending for the Rangers was bad in the first four games. And old Igor got it going mm -hmm. in the last three. He played very, very, very well. So – that makes a big difference for New York. They need the good goaltending. I really like Carolina, too. I was a little surprised. I was very surprised because that series went seven. But, again, you guys consider who they had to beat. Yeah. Boston's not going down easy. I don't care <laughs> who's playing, and Boston's one of those teams. I got Carolina in six in this one. Uh, I just think they're better than the Rangers. Yep. I think they are. I've got all three of them that, I, and I had the same way. I'm, I got six games for Carolina. I've got all three series so far. Six, by the well, way, I'm saying you, that. Yeah. Um, don't underestimate Carolina if they get out of this against yep. Tampa or Florida. They're yep. capable of beating them. Well, okay. So Carolina and Calgary, who we're going to talk about here in a second, they play a different style. They're not quite as wide open. No. But that also could frustrate a team that plays that wide open style. Yep. So they that's why they have a shot. They're not maybe not quite as good of teams, but they their styles will con will, will will kind of convolute the talent difference in that situation. So mm -hmm. um Dennis says Canes in five. So a lot of people like in Carolina here. Uh it seems like New York's gonna be a pretty big underdog. Finally, the battle of Canada, the Oilers and the Flames. It, boy, it looked like for a minute both these teams may not make it. They did. Mm -hmm. um, I don't like Edmonton. I really like Calgary. So I think Calgary gets this done. I think it goes like five. I, I think Calgary's a much better team. I do too. And, and I wrote kind of a little preview today, kind of a review of the first round and kind of a prediction for the next. 
and you can't hold that series against Dallas. You can't hold that against the Flames. No. They were just up against a goalie that played out of his mind. Well, let's put it this way. If they get that many shots on Edmonton. Oh, they're going to win. Easy. They're going to score like eight a game. Yeah. Edmonton, you know, one of my favorite sayings since I've been doing this is, and this, this is uh, ghosts with Edmonton. They are all flash. And they don't have any smash. Yeah. And you got to have some smash in the playoffs. They got the studs. Man, they got players. Connor yep. David, Dreisaitl, Sadel, whatever his name is, and Evander Kane. Uh, those are pretty good scorers. But they couldn't put away the Kings. Yeah. Until and, and you know they they lost a couple of times at home mm-hmm. to the Kings. Now give them credit. They went to L.A. and they won two. But I couldn't get a handle on them the entire series. You know, they would. I would think, okay, they're over the hump now. They're going to do away with them, and they didn't. So, I'm with you. I think Calgary's better. Uh, I think Edmonton's got. I think they're one of those teams. If you can shut down that line, they don't have a chance. And 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 the Kings couldn't do it. They couldn't shut it down. No. And so, I mean, McDavid had 14 points. He had four goals, 10 assists. He's a superstar. Kane, seven goals. He had seven goals in that series. And Dreisaitl had five. So, you know, you got to shut those guys down. I think Calgary can do it. Calgary's the best defensive team in the league. They're the best of any team. They were the best defensive team in hockey, and they can score goals too. I think I, I, think I put them in, in six, and I probably I would not be surprised if it goes five. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, six makes sense as well. And I think you you kind of touched on what I think they're going to be able to do. And that's – I don't think you can shut down that line of the Oilers, but you'll no. still be able to slow it down. You right? control it, yeah. And, and that's what the Blues were able to do to Minnesota. And mm-hmm. I think that's what Calgary is capable of doing uh, to, to teams. And, and that's why I give them a really, really good shot to, to win this game yeah. a little bit more quickly than – Seven, well, you know, six yeah. games, five games, something right. like that. And the other thing I was watching last night, and, and maybe it's because Dallas is not fast, but Calgary is fast. Mm-hmm. Man, they were all over that ice, and their passing's good. And uh, if that kid hadn't stood on his head, they just scored seven goals last night. Yeah. They would have. So listen, you have to be a tough-minded team oh, to yes. win a game like that. You do, because. Think of that the had, wow, you're going to break our backs written all over. Oh, God. And, 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 and that's a hockey crazy. Yes. I, I don't think we realize, you know, we hear Toronto, we hear Montreal, uh, even Winnipeg to a certain extent, but Edmonton and Calgary are hockey crazy. And there's a hell of a lot of good hockey players that come out of Alberta. Mm-hmm. And uh, these two teams – I'm the only one probably in the chat and in any of this that remembers when they used to go at each other when uh, Gretzky was playing. And yeah. They don't like each other. This is going to be good. It would be a great series if, if Edmonton can can get that line going and then, then uh, yeah. extend the series. I, I'm sure you noticed this last night. Have you ever seen a crowd where almost every person had the hockey jersey on? The yeah. jersey, not just something that said Calgary. They all had jerseys on. 
Yeah, and then you go outside to the to the, oh. you know the big screen and that just thousands of people and they all had them on too. Yeah, every single one of them. It some of them awesome. had the old style on. Some of them, I mean, it was just. Uh, I love the Saddle Dome. I, I think it's I a great, think. great home ice advantage. Uh, yeah, so I, was, yeah, I knew Sydney would chime in. I knew she would say, you're not the only one. She remembers that as well. Oh, okay. She's our hockey historian. Yeah. So she, she knows about those you know, battles. I was, I was, you know, Sandy really likes hockey, and I was talking to her. And because Gretzky was on the pregame show. You yeah. Know, he the. He's on one of those shows. By the way, those guys are good. I think yeah. really good. Yeah. You know, they just they get on there and they don't show off. No. Not like those assholes on the NFL. And they got to crack jokes and act stupid. Guys just do the hockey. They don't, yeah. both, both of those crews, I think, are excellent. But anyway, and I was going through some stats of Gretzky's, you know. And, and back in the day when Gretzky played, hockey wasn't on much. Can you imagine what he would be now? Yeah. I mean, he was unbelievable then as far as being famous. Yeah. But he was really just in Canada. He didn't really break on the scene in the United States. Well, he did, but when he went to LA, yeah. that's when he, you know, people started watching. This guy was unbelievable. And they would have games with Calgary, and Calgary was so dang good. And they'd be six to five, seven to six. They were unbelievable. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Hockey. There's there aren't very many sports where there is no debate who the best player of that sport of all time was, and hockey is one of them. Yeah. Wayne Gretzky's the best player of all time, and, and if you don't believe it, look at the stats. Well, and you ask it, I mean, you seriously now you ask 100 people, there may be four or five that say somebody different, but mm -hmm. the vast, vast majority, there is no Kobe versus MJ debate. No. It's Wayne Gretzky, that's that's the greatest hockey player of all time, and, yeah. and there's never been one yet that's had the longevity that he yeah. had you know mario lemieux was fantastic i mean there's been some great, great oh yeah players. yeah but this guy and the thing about him is he wasn't very big nope he wasn't very fast he just was so damn smart and he's always in the right place and it was back in the time too and i think it's changed a little bit you didn't ever you, you never hit gretzky no you didn't hit him because if you did they had a guy that was going to kill you. Yeah, you were going to die. Marty McSorley was going to come out there and kill he you. He was going to come on there and kill you, and he could do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was, uh, yeah, he definitely was awesome. Now, wait a minute, what's Cindy mean here? Whoa. I would say four. You talking about Bobby Orr? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I get that. I get it. Well... I would have to argue with any of them that would say Bobby Orr. He was great, but couldn't control a game like this guy. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's any debate. He, he and, and he did more for hockey than anybody. Uh, Wayne oh. Gretzky. Yeah, and that part of it was, you know, he came to L.A. and he made hockey. Popular. And he went to New York. Yeah, after the idiot Blues let him go. Yeah, yeah. God, yeah. that's still the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yes. You got a hockey crazy town. You get the greatest hockey player that ever lived that loved it there because he married a girl from St. Louis. He has a house in St. Louis now. He's yeah. in St. Louis all the time. He was thrilled. And let's not sign. Him. Bye. Yeah. Go on out of there, Wayne. Well, how stupid can you get? That's why Wayne, uh, that's why Mike Keenan was fired from St. Louis. And, yeah. And Joe Quinville was brought in back in the day. So oh. this um, makes you sick. What do you think? 
long term that worked out. But short -term, you probably don't remember. You weren't very old when we got him. Oh my God, that was the greatest thing that ever happened. I remember it like it was yesterday. Okay. I don't know what you're talking about? <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, yes, it was. It was I, fantastic. I, I keep forgetting. You're you're older than I think. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say we went and watched him play. Um, yeah, we went and watched him play Toronto in the first round. Actually, the game that they uh, they won that series it was Game Six. Yeah, won two to one. He did not score in that series, but we yeah. won. So, yeah. all right, we got to get off here because we got a lot coming up. We got the Preakness draw coming up fifty minutes from right now. We will be back. Whoops. I do want to ask you. There we go. <laughs> now we're back. Um, I want to ask you one question. Okay, go ahead. When we were talking about it Thursday, and it was just news that Rich Strike wasn't going to run. Remember? Mm -hmm. It was mm -hmm. breaking news. And you guys have talked about it all week, or the rest of the last four days, I'm sure. And there's been a lot of argument on Twitter. What's the consensus now about change? Should we change or is tradition winning out in your discussions? Uh, as far as commenters, definitely tradition is winning out. I mean, it's just it, 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 the thought of change absolutely makes people irate. Um, is yeah. what I've found. I'm probably one of them. I, I hate that idea too, but I, I can see why they would do it. Let's put it that way. Here's my argument. Every sport evolves yes R rules change equipment changes as we learn as we see the the, the climate of uh, of what is happening in the now we change we adjust yeah horse racing simply just does not seem to want to do that and that's why they are behind in so many aspects triple crown being one of the least problems horse racing has but you know this crap about well it wouldn't mean anything it's still hard. I mean, well, first of all, the NBA or basketball in general, in my opinion, has made the biggest rule change of all in the last 50 years, adding a three-point line. Yep. Do all of you put an asterisk by every team that's won since the three-point line was invented? Or or how many points they average a game? Exactly. Guys who didn't play with the three-point line? Not one person has gone through the record book and put an asterisk by those teams oh. rules change to better the game. Mm -hmm. So if you don't want to better horse racing, leave it how it is. Or, and we'll have two horses from the Kentucky Derby run in the Preakness and a horse that finished 11th in the bluegrass in the Preakness. If that's what you want, yeah, then that's fine. The, the bottom line is the race sucks. It's awful. In my opinion. Yeah. I have no interest in it. And I mean, a while. I probably now I got to go to a wedding, so I probably won't get to see it. But anyway, <laughs> if I was home, I would watch it. But yeah. I don't. I don't know that I would if if uh, if Lucas didn't have a horse in there. Yeah. Or Aspieson. I don't know. What, I I wouldn't care. Let's put it that way. So I totally agree with you. It, it, I'm on both sides of it. I see both sides, yeah. and you do too. But if this trend continues. The Triple Crown, I don't care how hard it is, it isn't going to matter because nobody's going to care. If the, if we're only on the second leg, we don't have the Kentucky Derby winner running in the race. And 
We have two. We have two derby runners in the yeah. race. Yeah. And, it, the, and, you know, the other thing, we don't train horses the way they used to. They're different. It's training's different. Yeah. The horse is worth more money than well, it used to be. The point here of is it the horses or is it the greed of the breeders? The answer is probably the second part of it. But the big picture is what does it matter? What the problem is, you're not going to change it, I don't think. Well, you might as well just try to do something to make them run in all three. And I don't know what the answer is. Maybe you add purse money if they run in the Derby and also in the Preakness. It's possible. I, I don't know, but I'm telling you, something has to change. And this is from a guy who's never been on this bandwagon, but these yeah. last practices have, have done nothing. To well, let's think about it too okay yeah to us that what was the person at the derby two million mm -hmm. okay so they win one two they don't win two million right and they win a million two yeah okay one hundred twenty thousand of it's got to go to the trainer right mm -hmm. approximately 10 percent mm -hmm. 120 goes to the jockey right mm -hmm. well you still got a pretty good purse there but when you add, if say you own more horses, you don't, I know this sounds stupid, but if you do the math, you're not really making any money off winning those races. You really aren't. Where do you make the money? Yeah. Send them to stud. That's where you make the money. Yeah. So you can't blame the breeders. They're in this to make money, most of them. Yep. You know, most, most owners, even millionaires, who own horses like to make a profit off of them. Mm -hmm. So well, it's not, it, and it's the more it's either it, they get the money from winning that race and what's going to come in the future. That's what that's, I mean. Yes. Yeah, and that's the problem, a big problem of it. Yeah. Yeah. But you yeah. know, we just talked about hockey and basketball for an hour and I don't think we, we brought up the fact that, well, it's, they have a three point line now, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. That's not what they did a hundred years ago. So it doesn't matter. I don't think we talked about, well, the goalie pads are bigger and the crease is smaller. And yeah. now you can have a two-line pass. So hockey really doesn't mean anything. Anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that two-line pass opened up the game tremendously. Exactly. Because because you do things to improve your game as you Make watch it. More it. exciting. Make exactly. <laughs> because one-to-nothing hockey games is not what people want to see. No. And – 94 to 91 NBA games is not what people want to see. No. I'm so old. I remember when the dunk was illegal. You couldn't dunk the basketball. I mean, does that change your opinion? Do you have an asterisk now that you can dunk the ball no. on all the teams that won a post-dunk? No. no. So it's, it's just something. Well, how about – in baseball, when they went to the DH. Yeah. Oh, and it doesn't count anymore now, I guess, right? So stupid, they only have it in one league. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just, it's just amazing to me how people and people have called me things that I've never been called for suggesting <laughs> this. So they lose their mind. And it's just like, guys, it, any sport that you follow, they change things for the betterment of the game. I don't think anybody can argue. This is not for the betterment of the game, having two horses that ran in the Kentucky Derby run in the next race. 
in this rate. Here's what could happen. TV ratings mean a bunch. Mm -hmm. And being on NBC, ABC, whoever has it, they're not gonna they're not gonna give bid a whole bunch of money if they're not gonna have a race that they can sell advertising for. Yeah. For people to watch. Well, we'll see what the trend is. And you know, some of my colleagues have said, Well, they got epicenter. What more does it matter? What? <laughs> the whole idea of the triple crown is to see if a horse can run it or win it. And they go, well, in 2015, we had this and this. I said, that's the point. It was that. That was then. This is now. And this is not overreaction to Rich Strike. And I no. I truly don't care. A lot of people care that he's not there. I'm not one of them. But it's they a reaction to what I've been seeing over and over. And, and somebody was like, well, they got the Derby winner last year. That's great. They did. And was the second place winner there or finisher there? No. Third place? No. Fourth place? No. Fifth place? No. Sixth place? No. Who cares? That we're not getting, I mean, like, cool. Medina Spirit ran in it last year. Yeah. Midnight Bourbon was the next horse, and he was like in the middle of the pack for the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. No hot rod Charlie, no Mandaloon, uh, you know, no essential quality. None of them showed up last year. Yeah. To me, it just doesn't make sense to keep doing it like this, but here we go. Right. <laughs> yep. I think this is the hardest sport to change. Yeah. 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 I no, mean, it's not. just what that's what we're saying. We want to change the time frame. A hundred percent. Yeah. They're still 100%. running the same distance. And I'm here to tell you. Do you think Epicenter would have a harder time running back in two weeks and beating you know, early voting, secret oath. And by the way, thank God D. Wayne Lucas won the Oaks. There's Oaks. no other trainer in the world that would run that Philly back this no. week. No. So you take her out of this race, it's even worse. So they got a huge break that she won. I'm yeah. here to tell you that right now. You take that Philly out of that race, this is horrific this weekend. Anyway, what's harder? Yeah, it's two weeks back. But he's facing, you know, the, the Kentucky Oaks winner ran like a 94 buyer. She's not bad. That'd be a tough horse to beat. Chad Brown's horse, sure, not bad. Or would you make make it a four-week period and get Zanded back, get Rich Strike back? You know, he's it's going to be much tougher to win, actually, if you just stretch them out and space them four it weeks actually, apart. Because they're going to face better horses in all of them. I mean, think if Epicenter would have won this race, like it looked like he was going to. This is almost a gimme on Saturday. So you actually are weakening the triple crown by keeping it how you're keeping it. Yeah. He's going to have to run bad to not win. I, I, just space them four weeks apart. That's all you got to do. It really isn't that big of a change. It, no, it's not. Yeah. It's not that hard. You add three weeks to the schedules, what you add. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Three yeah. weeks. Mm -hmm. So, Dennis, I, you may be right. I think Rich Strike. I think something's wrong with him. I, and I don't have any knowledge other than just you would be in this race. I don't really buy their reasoning. Well, here's the thing. If it was four weeks instead of two, they could wait a while to make the decision. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. if he is kind of hobbling around or whatever, and it, it could just be they're not going to try They're just not going to do it yeah. you know, because they don't hurry. Uh, there's a different, a hell of a lot of difference between four weeks and two. Yeah. So 
Well, the track at Churchill really didn't play to his style either. So if we're going to use that, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's a debate. and I think, and it stands to reason, a horse that has not been very fast runs extremely fast. He, It's probably taken a lot out of him. That would be my speculation. Probably. I think... Not four. Yeah, I think if he was doing okay, he would probably be in the race. Mm-hmm. Depending whether it plays uh, to his style or not. Up until the last couple of years, the Arkansas Derby horse winner came to the Kentucky Derby after three weeks. Yeah. And they always ran him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's why they moved this back. So there you go. Are you messing around sending... Oh, there's stuff. Dennis. Look at him. Oh. <laughs> I thought we had him broken of that. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, uh, Dennis. Oh, he's blaming, blaming on Jared. On, he's blaming on Jared. Okay. That's the yeah. that's the when you've grown. Uh, that's what you get. Sometimes you get that. Uh, the, the well, anyway, I, I probably shouldn't have brought it up. I just wondered if what the consensus was after a week or four or five days of trying to figure out what to yeah. do. Yeah. But well, well, it is what it is, and that's all you can do. Again, people are people will be mad at me, but uh, again, I'm sure I'll get comments. But again, just stop and think about what all other sports do on a yearly basis, yeah, to help try to improve their sport. And for us to not to just somebody suggesting go, no, that is the worst. Yeah. Like you, I can't even believe you would bring it up. It's like, oh yeah, you're right. Why would we try to make things better? Let's just keep doing what we're doing, and you know, let's 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 have zero horses from the Derby next year. You know. So, mm-hmm. all right, that's it for me. Um, we'll be on in about forty. Let's see, uh, okay, thirty-five minutes. Thirty-five minutes now. We'll be back on uh, Preakness Draw, uh, two fifty Central Time. We'll be back, and then we'll we'll take you through the Preakness Draw. We'll have our reactions to that, and then. We'll get off there and we'll get to work on the guide. The guide is coming up. Preakness guide. Uh, the pre-sale is available right now. Jared just put it out. And the full guide will probably be available, oh, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, somewhere around in there. So be looking for that as well. All right, guys, we're going to get off here for today. Good luck uh, the rest of the way if you're playing. Uh, and then if you're playing, I guess, Major League Baseball tonight. But then playoffs, NBA and NFL or NHL start tomorrow. So good luck, everybody. We'll see you right back here on Thursday. This has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com, your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes first. 